Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. WFAN on a Sunday morning. Yep, Aretha Franklin starts us off in this hour of our program. By the way, after our 8 o'clock update, it is Rick Wolf who's along with the Sports Edge program on the fan, and Ed Randall is by talking baseball after our 9 o'clock update. We continue in our discussion talking about this topic of pancreatic cancer. Interesting discussion in the first hour of our program. Second hour, we're joined by a couple of guests in studio. Another guest is going to join us by phone, and they're all from the same family. Now, that doesn't happen often on this program, especially on Sunday mornings. We welcome in studio to us, uh, to WFAN, uh, Jan Skelton and uh, William Skelton. They are uh, both here in studio. The uh, Skelton family has raised over $150,000 for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network um, since August of uh, 2013. And we're going to talk about um, their loss and also about uh, their efforts in supporting uh, pancreatic cancer in uh, this hour of our program. First of all, um, Jan and William, welcome to our program. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Nice to have you uh, join us on our program today, and I'll just mention to the folks who are listening to us that uh, Purple Stride New York City takes place next Saturday, 13th of April at Prospect Park in uh, Brooklyn. You know, we had very good discussion in hour one of our program today talking about this topic of uh, pancreatic cancer, and um, uh, Jan, your uh, daughter um, Hannah is going to join us in just a little bit on our program as well. Um, one of the things that I like to do at the start of discussions like this is to provide a little bit of background for folks who are listening to our discussion today. Pancreatic cancer. Your husband, your soulmate, 
uh, David um, succumbed to pancreatic cancer, as I understand, in August of 2013. Okay. How much did you, did your family know about this disease before he was diagnosed? Oh, what a great question. Um, I would have to honestly say we knew nothing. Um, I had a friend from where I grew up whose father had, uh, had died of pancreatic cancer, but other than that, we absolutely knew no one um, who had been impacted. And um, so we, we didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't exactly know where to go. And honestly, that was our first exposure to the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, which is a patient advocacy group that supported both um, our family uh, as we were walking through this journey and my husband. Now, so many different areas where we can go in our discussion. And by the way, also, we should welcome um, into this discussion uh, Hannah uh, Skelton. Uh, Hannah, first of all, welcome to our program uh, here at the Hello. Family. And good morning to you. Good morning. Um, Hannah, you are, as I understand, you're a junior at uh, West Essex High School, um, yes. member of the National so- Honor Society field hockey team. Mm-hmm. Um, also participate in the annual school musical. And you've been yes. a speaker for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, PANCAN, mm-hmm. and also for the Avon Walk for Breast Cancer. Yeah. First of all, it sounds like you keep busy. Uh, <laughs> Apparently, yeah. <laughs> and secondly, <laughs> what's it been like for you speaking on behalf of Pancreatic Cancer Action Network? So it's been a really great honor. Um, I feel really glad that I'm able to share my story in order to help other people because when I first entered this new life of mine, there was nobody who understood what I was going through that well, it felt like. I'm sure there was somewhere. But um, I really want to be able to be somebody that other people who are just starting on this horrible, horrible journey can look up to And I would really like to be somebody that if another child were to be going through this, I would want to be someone that they could talk to. And when I was talking a lot for Avon 39, I think it really helped me because I didn't have a personal connection that hit so close to home. So I think having experience from that really helped carry over into the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. And I'm just really honored to be part of their movement and their ultimate goal to end pancreatic cancer. In um, talking about how it is that the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network has, I guess, helped you and your family, mm-hmm. what, what would you say comes to mind? I mean, there's a way in which um, it's been supportive, I guess. They've created a family. I know so many people in that, in the community, which is horrible, that everyone is always going to be supporting you. I've met families that are just, if I were to need anything, they would be there. There's so many connections of people that you really have this network, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and that's not something that a lot of other organizations have, and I think that's really important because that's what sets them apart. There's nothing else like it in the world. All right. I guess in um, the course of this discussion, we'll touch upon talking a little bit also about David, but I don't want to ignore William, who's 
very patiently sitting yeah. here uh, in studio. William, as I understand, you're an eighth grader at uh, West Essex uh, Middle School. Um, you play lacrosse, um, recently qualified for the National History B in Chicago. That sounds exciting. Looking it forward is. to that? Yes, I'm, I love history and I'm super excited. Okay. And one of the things that, um, move a little closer there, as I noted in reading a little bit about your background preparing for today, you've actually, on a personal level, advocated to members of Congress about funding for pancreatic cancer? Yes, uh, uh, pancreatic cancer has this thing in uh, July that you go to the Congress building and you advocate for your state uh, senators and congressmen. Wait a minute, hang on for a second. You, you know, you just, I can't believe that. You said that so matter-of-factly. Okay, You're talking about going to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. What was that like? Uh, it was kind of nerve-wracking. <laughs> uh, it was nice to, it reassured me. I was able to talk and explain why we need funding to our senators. What did you say? I... I like told them, I said my story basically. Mm-hmm. I read out my story to all of them. I explained why I gave them reasons to believe we can beat this disease and why we need funding to beat this disease. And the most important aspect of the whole time that you were there, what was the reaction? Uh, they increased funding. <laughs> That said it all, didn't it? <laughs> wow. Um, very interesting that you would have that kind of courage and also be able to do that and convince people. Did they have questions for you? Uh, it, not really. Not really. Hmm. They turned just sat and listened. And in terms of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, how has it helped you? It's given me something to work for. I I had no idea how I was going to get through this or what I could do. Pancreatic Cancer Action Network helped us to find something to contribute to. Hmm. Very interesting. By the way, what do you want to do? You're you're a very interesting speaker. Uh, I want to be a journalist or a photographer. Hmm. I'd be very interested to see how your future develops there. I think you've got a very interesting uh, future ahead of you. This whole idea of um, advocating, you know, your children are very well-spoken. Their passion, is it reflective not only of your passion, but of what your husband was bringing to the table? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think that for all of us, when David was first diagnosed, the first thing you do with such a, a horrible potential outcome is you think, what in the world can I do? What what can I do? And for us... Um, the first thing we did is we just started Googling, <laughs> you know, events or fundraising or what could we do. And that's how we first got involved with Purple Stride. Uh, our first walk was very soon after David was diagnosed. 
And it gave us um, sort of something, not just us, our, our immediate family, but us, our, our friends, our colleagues, our um, professional um, acquaintances to get involved in and feel like that we were actually doing something that could potentially make a difference. And, and so that's why Purple Stride has sort of been such a, a passion for us. But David was passionate in all of the work that he was involved in. Um, he was a pharmacist by training. He was a tremendous mentor of, of students. Um, in, he worked in academia for a while. And he always, um, he would be the first to tell you to, to really go for what you believed in and to never believe that you can't make a difference. And he, he was a part of instilling that in our children. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. From when we were very small. When they were very, very small. And don't be sorry. Not at all. Okay. Um, you know, the whole idea is for you to be able to, to talk and to express yourself um, here as it, as it is. In his diagnosis with the, the disease, we hear very often that this is a di difficult disease to diagnose. What kind of symptoms yeah. was he exhibiting? This is really um, this is really one of the places where where our passion really lies. I think um, pancreatic cancer symptoms are so vague and nondescript and common. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had celebrated David's fiftieth birthday. We'd had a huge party at our house. We'd just finished redoing our deck, and he woke up a couple about a week later and was you know kind of saying, "Oh, my back hurts." You know, I don't feel very well and. We were joking and saying, oh, you know, you hit 50 and everything goes, goes south. And, um, <laughs> and unfortunately, mm. you know, the back pain increased. Um, and, and unfortunately also, you know, many, um, I hate to be stereotypical, but many men don't see doctors regularly and don't have, he didn't even have an internist at the time. Um, and so we, we had to sort of push him to go and see someone about something that was so nondescript as, as really serious back pain. All right, hold, and it, hold, hold that mm -hmm. thought. I, I, I want you to be able to give us the complete answer on this, but we got to take a pause here um, because we got a sports update coming in a couple of minutes too. Interesting discussion on our program on the fan this Sunday morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Salter. And we're in a discussion talking about this topic of pancreatic cancer and talking about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, Purple Stride, New York City, is next Saturday, April 13th at Prospect Park in uh, Brooklyn. In studio with us, Jan Skelton, William Skelton, um, and joining us by phone, uh, Hannah Skelton. They are talking with us on our program about uh, this topic. And Jan, I had to interrupt you before we uh, went to our uh, updated messages. Um, I wanted you to be able to talk more. You were talking about... Um, your husband, David, uh, and when he was diagnosed uh, back in August, in 2013, I guess it was. Right. And I just think it's um, most important that when you have symptoms that seem concerning, mm -hmm. even if they seem that they could potentially be very common, that you should get them checked out. Um, his symptoms were very vague back pain, um, fatigue, he'd lost some weight, um, and, and he uh, didn't, didn't take it as seriously as I wish we would have. Um, and, 
and when we finally honestly got to see a physician, then it happened very quickly. He was diagnosed um, from the time we saw the first doctor. Um, in fact, actually, I tell the story. We, we went to see an internist who called back one day later and said, oh, everything looks great. Your vitamin D is just a little bit low. Um, we're both healthcare professionals. We knew enough to know that um, there was clearly more to the story and uh, had good friends who got us in to see someone um, very quickly. And from that point on, um, you know, it went it went very quickly. He was diagnosed. Uh, we had a Whipple, and he, uh, you know, it literally was within um, six days of of, um, of having that really serious symptom to being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and undergoing a Whipple surgery. Your vitamin D is low. Yeah. Wow. So again, it's not it's not what um, most physicians think of first, and you mm-hmm. have to advocate for yourself. I think that's the message that I would really tell people is you know if you feel like there's something wrong, really advocate for yourself. It's it's hard, um, and sometimes especially in this uh, healthcare system, it's it's difficult to navigate. But you really have to advocate for yourself and ensure that you're getting complete um, complete testing to make sure that everything's okay. The earlier you detect pancreatic cancer, the better your odds of survival. It's really as simple as that. The support of PanCan for your family, what's that been like for you? They're, they're just amazing people. I think it's, it's probably um, as simple as that. Both, uh, we know personally people from the national office all the way here to the New York office. We also do a great deal of work in New Jersey. Um, what it gives you is a community of people who've, who've dealt with exactly the same issue. And um, everybody's had to manage it differently. It's different people within their family. Um, but that these are, are people who understand what this is like, and everybody has a passion for making sure that other people don't have to um, experience the same thing. And we didn't really know this family until after we lost David. And, um, you know, we were just sort of in the thick of it when he was first diagnosed. But we have been working with them now um, for almost seven years. Um, so, uh, you know, from the moment he was diagnosed until now, and we've been an active part of uh, the New York City um, Purple Stride Walk every year. Uh, this will be our seventh year. And um, it's, it's a celebration of the fact that we're making progress with this disease. Um, we really are. Okay. That leads perfectly into a thought that I have, and this is kind of something that we touched upon in the first hour with the guests who were with us then. Progress, the future, and hope, I guess, are things that all come together. Some people might look at the survival rate um, and be skeptical, okay? I guess my question to you is, in talking about pancreatic cancer, which obviously all three of you do, I'm sure people have raised questions along those lines where they are skeptical. Um, How do you, I guess, get across that message of hope when looking to the future? I think that's a terrific question, and I'll tell you the way that I look at it. When David was diagnosed, the um, the survival rate was 5%. Mm -hmm. The survival rate now is 9%. Um, It makes a huge difference for anybody who sits within that 4%. Those are families that didn't lose their loved one to pancreatic cancer. Um, The other thing that tells me we're making a huge difference is that when we first started at Purple Stride, you know, the, the survivors are there, and there might be, in the beginning, there were one or two. 
um, and they often were not there the following year. And now we go to Purple Stride events both in New Jersey and New York, and we have um, a whole stage <laughs> full of people who have survived this disease. So I, I feel like that um, there, is, there is an opportunity for hope. Um, every single day um, we have opportunities for treatments to get better. And um, the only way that we persist in, in this is to continue to push. Um, you know, I can remember the days when breast cancer was considered an automatic death sentence. Um, it's not anymore because there was funding and there was advocacy and people jumped on board and said we need to do something different. And um, as William mentioned earlier, uh, it comes down to funding. It comes down to being able to do the research that's necessary to find uh, potential cures for this disease. Um, David and I are both pharmacists, and I'll be quite honest, it's uh, one of the very few things I research things for a living um, where I went to do research and there were just such few options um, for patients. That's not the case anymore. Um, they're not as good as we would like them to be. They don't create the, the level of uh, lifespan that we're looking for, but it's certainly better. So there's nothing that we're going to do but wage hope moving forward. Is research primarily taking place in this country, what research there is? Um, I think a lot of the research is being um, done in this country, and to be frank, a lot of it is being funded by the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. And um, you know, I, uh, I think one of the major positive things that they're doing is changing the way that research is done in this country. And uh, for much of the clinical research we do for drugs or diseases or, or devices, um, you have to have double-blind clinical trials. They have to go for a long time. The problem with, with pancreatic cancer is that our patients don't live that long, um, and we can't be limiting um, them as to the, the experimental treatments that they try. And so um, Pancreatic Cancer Action Network has a program called Precision Promise where they're focused on really turning um, on its head the way that research has been done so that these patients have options and have the ability to participate in clinical trials. And that is what is jump-starting, um, the, the ability to move this disease forward, is that, that we're able to actually get patients into these trials who have active disease, which is not often the case in other diseases. Mm. When you're talking about this idea of fundraising and awareness raising, which you know, is part of what Purple Stride is all about, what's the approach that your family has taken? I'm going to put this question out to any of the three of you. Hannah, you can feel free to jump into. Hi. So I do a lot of fundraising when I worked with Avon 39. And so for that, we would put flamingos on people's lawn and that we it became kind of a fun thing we would do in our community. So they would have us, we put them on their lawn, and people would pay to put them on other people's lawns. So now we've recently brought that into Pancan. We have purple flamingos, and everyone's having a great time. Um, we really ask our friends and family because they're so, so supportive of us, which is so amazing and nice. And I think they understand how important it is that if we don't fundraise, we're not going to make a difference. And that's really one of the main parts of it is fundraising and getting everyone involved is how we're ultimately going to end pancreatic cancer. What's fundraising been like for you, William? Uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, it's been okay. Uh, I was, I've been uh, studying ways to fundraise. I duct tape myself to a wall. What? At my school. You did what? I duct taped myself to a wall. You duct taped yourself to a wall? Yeah. 
we had a bake sale at my school, and uh, they could pay it like five dollars or something to buy a piece of tape. They strapped it to me on a chair, and at the end of the lunch, they pulled the chair out and see see if I would stay on the wall. Did you? Yes. <laughs> Interesting approach. Okay. Um, and then I'm assuming somebody let you off the wall at yes. that point. Okay, that's that's the important <laughs> point too. Uh, you know, I mentioned in the very beginning and introducing um, folks in this hour of the program that's I think $150,000 that has been raised by your family uh, for Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. That's got to make you feel good. Oh, it makes us feel amazing. Um, I, I think I, every time we do this and every year that we're involved, I, I, I work really hard because I want to think David would be really proud of what we're doing and that he would really, um, he's proud that his children are focused on this disease and working to make a difference so that other children don't have to go through this process. Um, so I'm, I'm incredibly proud. And I know that every single dollar we raise goes to make an actual difference for people, and that makes all the difference for us, is that the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is putting programs and services in place that help people who are currently affected in ways that no one else in this country is doing. Well, you know, you just hit upon a very interesting point, too, because one of the big things with fundraising, as you well know, is the whole idea of people want to know where their money's going, okay? Um, And unfortunately... There are a lot of situations where people will give money to what they think is a very good cause or organization and comes to find out that an awful lot of money went for administration and very little money went for actual uh, programs and services. That's not the case is what you're saying to us here. That is absolutely not the case with the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network. I think there are actually over 90% of their um, funding goes to support the programs and, and their programs are second to none. Again, when you're changing the face of research to help patients, when you have a 24-7 hotline to help um, patients and caregivers um, who, who need resources and information, um, they're providing the kinds of resources that literally I couldn't find anywhere else when David was diagnosed. And, um, you know, they have relationships with medical centers. You know, they can they can refer you to physicians in your local area. You know, we're very fortunate here in, in the New York area is we have a number of very amazing health centers that can care for patients with pancreatic cancer. If you're in other places in this country, um, some physicians may rarely see a case of pancreatic cancer, and it's much more deadly um, when you're in places where, where physicians don't appreciate um, that there's that the pancreatic cancer is an option. So we're, we're fortunate in that respect, but there still needs to be more awareness. Tell us about your fundraising efforts um, this year. Mm-hmm. So this year, um, I didn't look this morning, but we were, in, I think, in the top five teams. Um, we, we always work to be one of the top three teams of New York um, City's Purple Stride event. Um, we spend a lot of time, and Hannah said, was laughing about the flamingos. Um, you know, our flock of purple flamingos flies from yard to yard in our local community in North Caldwell. Um, we are amazed to have just friends and family and colleagues that jump in and support us every year. Um, I always wondered what would happen, you know, three, four, five years down the road. And, you know, we'll we'll go into New York this year um, with about 60 people on our team. Um, so... That always makes me feel good um, that we, we have people that are representing. Um, we use this day as, um, as, a, as really a, a remembrance for David. It's, it's a positive day. Um, we're making a difference. We come back. He was a huge barbecue connoisseur. We have a big barbecue in the backyard, and all of his friends and family um, are here 
know, his family comes up from Arkansas. So this is a really big um, day for um, for our family, and it's a way that we know we're really giving back and making a huge difference. And the funding is part of that. Um, you know, our goal is twenty thousand um, dollars for this particular Purple Stride event. Uh, we are well past halfway, um, and we'll be we'll be close um, by the time we get to Saturday, uh, and and hopefully um, we'll be standing up on the DS with lots of our other teams. And you know, it's sort of a friendly rivalry um, with the other teams because they've been there also. Uh, we know the struggles that they've had, and um, and. And it's just it's just fun to sort of push one another to see if we can raise more money for a cause that we all really, really believe in. Okay, we're going to talk more about this concept of uh, Purple Stride and Purple Stride in New York City. As we continue, we're talking with Jan Skelton, Hannah Skelton, and William Skelton. This portion of our program, Sports Edge with Rick Wolf, follows our 8 o'clock update on The Fan. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Solter. After our 8 o'clock update, Rick Wolf is along with the Sports Edge program. Ed Randall is by Talking Baseball after our 9 o'clock update on the fan. We're talking about the work of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, talking about the topic of pancreatic cancer. Uh, Purple Stride New York City is taking place this coming Saturday, the 13th of April, in uh, Brooklyn at, uh, Brooklyn at uh, Pro- Prospect Park. Boy, I tell you. Like my teeth all of a sudden came out. Um, the uh, <laughs> and the walk actually starts at ten in the morning, uh, and you can uh, pre-register. You can join uh, uh, purplestride.org. Uh, get information about uh, the event uh, there. Um, one of the things that I was thinking in um, heading into this final section of our program today is to talk a little bit about what that atmosphere is like when you get to a Purple Stride event. You know, you mentioned, uh, Jan, the idea that I think you said something like 60 people um, would be going along uh, with you from your community and like uh, and we're talking, by the way, with Jan Skelton, Hannah Skelton, and William Skelton, this portion of our program. But I'll throw the question out to the three of you. The atmosphere at Purple Stride, how can you describe what that's really like for somebody who hasn't been there? I think it could be described as more joyous than Disney World. Um, as you go to Purple Stride for the first time or the second time, you're obviously very new into this experience of being affected by pancreatic cancer. So you probably go with this mindset thinking that it's going to be something that everyone's so sad and everyone's so brought down by this, but it's the complete opposite. Everybody is so happy. Everybody is really there because they're excited about making a difference. Purple Stride is really the time where we can see everyone come together and see it and understand how much of a difference we're making. When they announce the final number of how much everybody has raised at that event, it is a time that really cannot be described, and I think that's really important. I also think it's um, it's a beautiful park. It's a be- usually a beautiful day. Um, you know, there are 
there'll be literally thousands of people that are there um, celebrating their loved ones and, and what they're trying to do to make a difference. You know, there are games, there's food, there's music playing, the dogs are running around the park. It's just a beautiful day. And um, you, know, you can just spend a couple of hours out at, in, in Prospect Park um, if you're a runner or if you're someone who, who has an interest in this cause. Um, you know, come out. Um, you also don't have to run. Um, so we have our groups that are every every level of uh, you know competitive runner all the way to pushing a stroller. Um, so you know you can you can participate in any way that you'd like. Uh, people come dressed out in their purple from head to toe. Um, so we strongly encourage that. We like purple hair and purple tutus and boas or whatever um, you've got that's purple. But the more purple, the better. And uh, again, it's a big part of, of raising awareness. And um, again, it, it is Hannah said it's it's really a joyous day, and it's a it's a time that we're really focused on on positive ways to make a difference in, in trying to beat this disease. Will you? The atmosphere is really it's amazing. Uh, many people, there's thousands of people there, people in the same situation. Uh, it gives you something to work for, and it shows the all the work and effort that you've done throughout the year and how you made how much of a difference you made in someone else's life it just brings a happy feeling to everyone in there that's there it just a massive community of people mm. and you know one thing that i don't think we've touched upon at all but it is interesting because there's that purple theme. Why purple? I'm not sure we're the best ones to answer that question. Um, it, purple's just the color of pancreatic cancer. Uh, and um, so we, we, we've embraced it. Um, we kind of have a joke in our house. You know, every, Our favorite color is purple, and everything is purple from, as you can see, phone cases to shirts to, um, to just about everything. And uh, we've sort of embraced it as, uh, as sort of our rally cry. Um, you know, we're, we're a purple family, and we're proud of it. And every time I put purple on, it reminds me of David, and, and that makes me happy. Mm. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. Do you have to be um, concerned as a parent about whether or not there's any sort of a genetic link? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, it's, it's unlikely that there's a genetic link. Um, there's about 10% of, pati of patients who have um, a family history of pancreatic cancer, and, and that's sort of the lineage of their disease. Um, as far as we're aware, David is the only one in his family that, um, that was impacted by pancreatic cancer, so it's highly unlikely. Um, that that would be the case. Um, however, you know, there are things that you can do um, no matter what uh, to, to decrease your risk of cancer overall. And we spend a lot of time talking about that. You know, you eat well, <laughs> lots of fruits and vegetables, um, don't smoke, uh, and, and get a lot of good exercise. And, and that's a good recipe for um, decreasing your cancer risk across the board. To go back to something we talked about at the very beginning of um, this portion of the program, some people will pancreatic cancer and one of the first things they're going to think of is okay what are kind of warning signs I should be looking for like are there things that can be pointed to yeah I think um, there are warning signs um, oftentimes it is is pain in the back oftentimes it is um, consistent um, stomach upset or indigestion again things that you don't necessarily think of as particularly problematic um, if you have recurring pancreatitis, it might be something that you want to look into further. 
if you have late onset uh, diabetes, um, that can be a potential warning sign. So um, there are things that you can do to, to make a difference. Um, I, I tell the story, I have a very dear friend of mine in, in North Caldwell who um, called me a couple of years ago and said, you're not going to believe this. My husband was just diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And um, he was extraordinarily lucky. Uh, he had something wrong with his arm. They did an x-ray. They caught a piece of his pancreas in the test that they were doing. And um, an ER doc in Florida on vacation said to him, hey, you should get that looked at. There seems to be something on your pancreas. And he is alive and well and um, a complete survivor because that ER doc made that off-the-cuff comment. Um, and he was able to have surgery, remove the tumor, and didn't even have to have further, um, didn't have to have further treatment. And yet, even with that, he had to fight his insurance company to get an additional scan. Um, so, you know, sometimes it's, it's challenging and you have to advocate for yourself and push forward. But if you have any reason to believe there's a potential problem, don't back down and, and really push because um, those nonspecific symptoms can, can really be masking something much more, much more dangerous. And this whole idea of advocacy, this goes back to something that um, William you were talking about earlier when you talked about going to Capitol Hill and you know advocating, speaking to our federal legislators in Congress. There, um, advocacy, in a way, I guess, also creates awareness. Yes, uh, it creates awareness. It allows more people to understand the effects of the disease, and reaches out for more funding. More people are donating because they're hearing the messages of those who have lost someone. So you can actually reach people, touch people in that way. You know, if, and this goes back to the very beginning of the show today in the six o'clock hour, one of the goals, as I understand, of the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network is to, at least at the start, double the survival rate, okay, because um, there's a definite commitment to that. And one of the ways that you get to that is obviously creating awareness, but let's be blunt about it. Another very important aspect of that is money. you got to have funding to be able to fund research. It's all about the money. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I hate to say it. Um, and and I, I tell this story of... Um, sitting across a number of years ago, the table at, at a leadership breakfast here uh, in New York for Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, and speaking with this brilliant young scientist. Um, and she was talking about the research that she was doing, and I asked her a little bit more about her, um, her history, and she said, oh, I used to be a breast cancer researcher, but now I'm a pancreatic cancer um, researcher. And I said, what, what made you come over to our side? <laughs> And she said, that's where the grant was. And so it was really mm. an aha moment for me is mm. that, you know, these the brilliant minds that are focused on, on cancer research um, are, are sort of locked in in many ways uh, in, in, into ensuring that whatever they're going to be working on has to be funded. And so if we can create that funding, we can draw those brilliant minds, just as those brilliant minds were working on breast cancer, we can pull them to work on pancreatic cancer. But it really is. We have to have money uh, to be able to do the research that's necessary and develop the treatments um, that, that will actually make a, a tangible difference in the lives of patients with pancreatic cancer. All right. I want to ask about something that takes us 
off this topic for a moment, but this is something that intrigued me in preparing for our discussion today, and I'm going to put the question out to any of the three of you that want to tackle this. Talk with us a little bit about the New Jersey Boxer Rescue, which I understand <laughs> your family is involved with. Yeah. William? Uh, we foster dogs. We They rescue them, mm-hmm. bring them in, treat them very well. We feed them or bring them back to health, and we love them. And that's... And we give them away to families that will take care of them. Is that tough Tough to do? No, because you know that they're going to be okay. You know that they're going to have a nice family that will love them and take care of them. Hmm. It's just a, as a, a neighbor of mine um, was talking about that idea of fostering uh, a dog. And at the same time that I was talking with him, he said the same thing you just said to me. Um, which is very, very uh, heartwarming to hear. How did you get involved with that rescue? Oh, I love to tell this story. So, um, right after, actually, after right after David died, um, William in particular kept um, hounding me for a puppy, and um, the last thing that I could manage at that point in my life was a puppy. Hounding you? Yes, literally. Very nice. <laughs> And um, so we were actually at a Boy Scout event, and I kept telling him you had to be 12 before you could foster dogs. And he had uh, he disappeared for a little bit, and I found him in the seeing eye dog tent um, and had the guy up against the corner. And, of course, the guy had told him that he could, could raise a seeing eye dog puppy at, at 8, and I was ready to throttle him. And um, <laughs> so we went home that day, and I said, you know, um, I grew up. On a, on a farm in West Virginia, and my dad raised boxers, and I said, you know, if we were going to do something like that, I'd, I'd much rather, you know, let's look and see if we can foster a, an adult dog. And so by the end of the day, um, my two children had looked up New Jersey Boxer Rescue, had signed us up to be um, foster family, and we had our first fo- um, foster dog within two days. Um, so that's how it's been, and I think we've um, we've fostered 12 dogs, and we've um, been foster failures twice. So we have... Uh, I got to keep a couple of them. Wow. What's that experience been like for you, Hannah? Um, I really love it. There's specific dogs that you start off with in the beginning, and you're almost like, this dog's never going to get adopted. They, a lot of the time, <laughs> they have medical issues, and they, um, they're they just not what people think of when they want. Like When people want a dog, a lot of the times they want the perfect dog, and there is really no such thing. Every dog has their own personality just like a person and I think it's really really great when you see these dogs who would never be a great fit for the long term for our family find their perfect forever home and I think that's really 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 amazing and I am so glad that we're allowed to be a part of it and I hope that we continue to be a part of it in the years to come. Our guests are from the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network talking about this topic of pancreatic cancer and trying to create some awareness about the topic um, Purple Stride New York City takes place um, April 13th, which is next Saturday, Prospect Park in uh, Brooklyn. This year it is presented by Northwheel uh, Health Cancer Institute's uh, Pancreas Pancreas Disease Center. Um, The event next Saturday is one that um, we're talking about and trying to create some awareness, maybe some enthusiasm on some of the part. part of some of the people who are listening to our discussion today to be involved either as participants or perhaps to be supportive of the efforts in some way because there is a need for uh, volunteers there's obviously a need for 
donations as well, but it sounds like a uh, fun time. Purplestride.org is a website where you can, you can get information about uh, Purple Stride. In closing, because we only have a couple minutes left in our program, I'll put the question out to any of the three of you. Invite folks listening to us to be part of this. Oh, that's easy. Um, you can, um, by all means, join our team. David's Daredevils. Uh, we are um, right now about 65 strong. We'll be there with bells on uh, next Saturday, April 13th at Prospect Park. Um, it is a wonderful day uh, where you will meet amazing people who care very deeply for this cause and come with us and wage hope. That was so smooth, the way that she did that. All right. You can join our team, David's Daredevils. <laughs> Actually, that floor, floored me. <laughs> Jan Skelton, Hannah Skelton, William Skelton, joining us on our program. Uh, the Skelton family's raised over $150,000 for the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network uh, since uh, David's uh, death, and um, they've shared an awful lot with us in our discussion Interesting uh, program in talking about this uh, topic of pancreatic cancer, promoting some awareness. I want to thank you for uh, joining us on our program and uh, sharing the information that you have. Let's hope for a very successful event next Saturday as well. Great. Thank you, Bob, thank so you. much. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.